0: Good morning, everybody. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio on December 7th, 2022. A day that will live in infamy from 1941. Okay. Pearl Harbor Day. I hope we all remember that. All right. It doesn't get lost in history. I hope schools teach the history of it very well today. And I guess it's also a good day because I've got my old friend Hassan Davis here. Okay. Hassan is the CEO of what is called Hassan. Davis Solutions. But Hassan, my friend, is a hope dealer, okay? He's committed himself to improving the lives of children and youth as a speaker at various events in education all across the country. He's an author, man with a bachelor's from my friends over at Berea College and also a law degree from the University of Kentucky, okay? And he focuses on youth violence prevention, juvenile justice reform, go right down the list, okay? He's just a great guy and he has what he calls his H-O-P-E, Hope Framework. All right, we're going to talk to him about his newest book, which is called The Race. We're going to talk about all the stuff he's been doing since his last visit here and how perhaps you might want him to get visit your school or institution or whatever, your association, and have him talk to you about all this, because he really is a dynamic individual, to say the least. I'll bring him on in just a second. We're going to archive the show over at ACE dash ed dot org and that's where everything that we do just happens to be our magazine equity and access is over there just click on the cover Everything about SEL, everything about teacher retention, all of our podcasts are over there, plus all the work we do in equity and access. It's all at ace-ed.org, and I do hope you take a minute, more than a minute, actually, <laughs> and go over there and see all the stuff and enjoy it. We change the things every day, so please go over and enjoy what we do at ace-ed.org. And without further ado, here's my friend Hassan Davis. Hi, buddy. How you doing? Good morning. Larry? Good I'm baby. good. Good morning.
1: Good morning, Larry. How you doing? I'm all
0: right. I'm all right on kind of a rainy day here in the great state of Maine. How's life in Kentucky today?
1: Life is good. Life is good. Can't complain. How's the weather? Uh, Same. Rainy, dreary, cold. But, uh, yeah, it's winter. (laughs) Yeah, but... uh...
0: It's winter, but your winter down there in the great state of Kentucky, the great Commonwealth of Kentucky, I believe it is. Actually, it's going to be a lot different than our winter That's here right. in Maine, so I kind of envy you that, you're my friend.
1: You're right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we can
0: start. <laughs> Wait, by the way, tell Dreamer, your good wife, I said
1: hello. Okay, I'll miss her. How's I do she that. doing? Absolutely. How's she doing? She's doing wonderful. Doing great. Yeah, you all, you all probably should have a conversation, but she has I'd to. kicked her whole whole program up two more notches at least, so... Yeah, incredible work going on.
0: I tell her to I tell her to pop me an email. That's the easiest way that I'm absolutely get it and respond, okay? Do that.
1: Okay, I'll do that. I'll do
0: that. Larry at a dot org. Okay, you know how to get me. You know that. Okay. Yep. Anyway, all right. I want to talk to you uh well let's just talk it generally, okay. Guess catch up for a few minutes. You know, what's 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 going on in the last year, your last visit. I know you wrote the book. Talk
1: about all the things you're doing, yep. just generically. Sure, sure. Broadly, you know, well, you know, when COVID finally stopped being the the life threatening uh, pandemic, uh, yep. things opened up again. So last last year, uh, I I spoke. You connect me with the folks at AESA, uh, right? And I spoke last December about this time at their national conference, and that audience. And that's, I think really, that's going
0: on this week. I think you're right about it being it uh, just yeah.
1: about this time of year. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, and that's actually here in Atlanta. I'm actually in Atlanta with Dream of the Day, and I think it's going on here. But, um, but they yeah. they were great hosts, and 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 the the, the folks are really connected. And so the last year, really, once things opened up, I have been all over the country working with education service agencies. Uh, that became a really big part of my portfolio as schools started to get back into real time, full you know, in person, and. Um, and it's been great, Uh great connection. I think that, you know, the, my message and their work have, have lined up really well. And then I've done a lot of work with uh, using the whole curriculum. I actually built the whole curriculum, Humanity, Optimism, Perspective, and Empathy. Uh, to H-O-P-E. Support the Nebraska Department. Yeah, the Department of uh, Nebraska Department of Probation and the courts, they said they wanted to do something – um, more creative and innovative to get their their probation teams connected with the folks that they serve in a way that was more of a relationship, you know, transformational instead of transactional. And uh, we developed that over the last year and implemented it and has had some great success. And so I'm excited to see especially agents, organizations like that wanting to put more humanity. And you talked about SEL, uh, you know, yeah. I use a social emotional framework, uh, in the conversation so it's great to see especially like probation and parole courts wanting to to find their humanity when they do the work for those who have been most challenged yeah it's been great it's a, that, that's wonderful and the,
0: yeah and again i just want to say it's hasan davis.com please go over there check it out h-a-s-a-n hasan davis.com Okay, go over there. When you say you've been working with the ESAs, which I think is just great, I'm so glad I was able to hook you up there a little bit. Okay, um, I won't take credit for all the great work you've done, but I'm just thrilled that I was able to introduce you. Okay, when you yeah. go with the work with an ESA, what are you doing? Tell people about that because that directly impacts schools. Okay,
1: so what the big piece of what's happened in the last year? was the kind of the kickoffs and getting folks ready for back to school. And so a lot of uh, district-wide or ESA-wide, you know, they're, they're called so many different things across the country, uh, but bringing all of their, their teams together for that, you know, that big push at the beginning. We're ready to get back to live, get back to serving kids and families. And so I've been kind of the primary motivational speaker in many of them. Right. A few of them have t- at first engagement and then said, okay, we want to, we want to actually look at uh, what it looks like to work with you throughout the year with not just our administrators and leaders, but with our school teams, our families, and our students. And so I'm, there are a couple of them that I'm actually developing some long-term proposals for uh, to, to be you know, interjected across the, the school system. So I'm excited about that.
0: As well, as well you should be. Okay, and I, well, you said something there, you said you were working with the Nebraska, uh, uh, B, uh, tell me if I'm wrong here, the Nebraska Bureau of Prisons, did you say?
1: Or what? Probation, and pro probation. Yeah, probation and courts, yeah, probation courts, uh-huh.
0: Uh, I knew there was a P word, I got probation and prison, yeah, I mixed them up, yeah. okay? All right, the, this is interesting to me, okay, because you do a lot of work with kids and social justice. All right. Mm -hmm. And Nebraska is a fairly rural state. All right. Yet they are very, they are concerned about what's going on with social justice with, with kids, like I assume. Yeah. Okay. So just, and and then put that into a perspective in terms of what educators need to know about this, because we have the, you, you certainly know this, Hassan. We've had this quote, school to prison pipeline. Which is mm-hmm. th- th- horrible. We, we used to do school to college. Now we have school to prison. Okay, school right. to prison pipeline. Yeah, it's kind of nuts when you think about it. All right. So um, we have college and career ready, and then we have the school to prison pipeline. Hello. All right. Just absolutely yeah. absurd. Just you know, <laughs> what can I say? Talk talk about your, your work in there, and, and what schools need to know sure. about
1: that. That's really important. Sure. So uh, what's interesting is. is that is actually the, the first part of a conversation I've had with every one of these education service agencies is I, I, I break down where education falls apart and the justice system becomes the primary holder of these kids. And Good. so it, it really is. Uh, and, and so, so my challenge, so you, you know, I used to be the commissioner of juvenile justice uh, for the Commonwealth of Kentucky no. Uh, I was vice chair of the Federal Advisory Commission on Juvenile Justice for the Nation and Territory for three years. Um, and so I'm, I, I know juvenile justice and that entire framework really well. And when I became a leader in that work, what really frustrated me is that no one was, no one was talking about how kids got there, right? They were here, and huh. we got to deal with them, but how did they get here? And so I really unwound my system and started doing this deep analysis of all the things. And always say, you know, if a kid is in juvenile justice, every other system that serves children and families will have to have failed for them to be in this hole. And point. so, how do we how do we walk it back up? Not in not in the way of saying it's all your fault, but how do we actually go back up and say, look, you know, if we start to do these things on the front end, we can actually eliminate this this fall into into failure, you know, that that is the juvenile justice system uh, on the back end, and so. There's a, I'm, I, don't, I don't want to get into the weeds and get caught up in the a, in a rabbit hole.
0: You're welcome to they, if you well, want to. Yeah.
1: Okay, well, you know, time. I'll, 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 I'll keep it tight. So the three main drivers of, of young people failing out of school, disability or experiencing disability, race, uh, being a racial, ethnic minority, and economics, being a student that experiences poverty at, at, at a deep level. And those three drivers, if we look at the data, Young people experiencing those three are more likely to be suspended, to be restrained, to be isolated, to be removed from educational environments for whatever their quote-unquote problem is. And when when that happens, they become the ones by ninth grade who are more likely to be dropping out of school, having failed so much. Mm -hmm. A young person who who drops out of school is three-and-a-half times more likely to be arrested. They're eight times more likely to experience jail. 63 times more likely than high school-completing, college-going peers to experience long-term institutionalization, right? So immediately we see the frame. When education, we average about $200,000 a year per child we incarcerate. That's how much it costs per child to incarcerate annually, nationally. And if we start to break that down, it's ridiculous because education success actually reduces major felony counts across the board, all the major three mm-hmm. pieces. But here's the thing that I did. I did a cost-benefit analysis. I went yes. to leadership, and I started going to, to to chambers and to rotaries and saying, look, do you realize we could send a child to an Ivy League institution with a full, full, with, with a full salary paying their full tuition, put them up in a condominium right <laughs> on campus, the best housing they have, give them a full-time valet, a full-time tutor, and a full-time chef to make sure they've got all the healthy stuff they need, and it still wouldn't cost the amount of money that you're willing to spend to lock them in a box for a year with no return on investment, no shift in their behavior, wow. their attitude, or their circumstances. And if you wow. think that's what it means to be conservative, right, to say we're being tough on crime and absolutely missing the big picture of it, then we've got a conversation to have. And when, when, wow. you, when I break that down, that, that wow. their work is actually the most powerful crime prevention and safety tool that we have in our communities, but they, they have not built a framework to have that conversation, to go to their legislators and do that. And so actually the first part of my, my introduction is always all of this data that I say now I want to give this to you so that you know what the next conversation has to be when your congressman or congresswoman says, well, we have to be tough on crime, so we're taking more money out of schools to put into corrections, because it absolutely does not jive with the data, but it is, yeah. it is the it is the most popular framework and argument that has one folk office in, and doing nothing to really solve the problem exactly. or support our amazing educators. That's my short version. That's, that's my wow. Story.
0: Good. I'm glad you went into the weeds on that Well, That is – yes yeah well i think i know the answer what when you present those numbers to somebody okay the 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 logic is impeccable okay what is their reaction what holds them back i can probably sum it up in one word bias prejudice whatever you want to say bigotry okay do they really want to help you know we call i got to say something we call it the department of corrections but i wonder how much correcting is going on Okay. Because they may try, but it ain't the right place to do it. You you said it best. Kids don't learn best when they're stuck in a box. Okay. Even a rat gets nervous in a box. Okay. Right. Okay. We treat animals. You know what I mean? It's it's unbelievable. And, you know, how could anybody not, how can they argue that if we put the money at the front end, okay, we're we're, going to save the money twice over at the back end. What's least, a, yeah. what, what do they say? I mean, it's,
1: it's unbelievable. Well, you know what's interesting is, so when I first started presenting this, you know, I would get things like, well, you know, you can make data say anything, right? That, that's always the deflection when you start to bring, you know, information to people. You, well, you can make data say anything just to discount it and blow it away. And, um, and, and so one, one of the things I did once, I said, well, I'm not going to say that you're wrong, sir, but how about this? How about I leave? this data with you, and we reconvene tomorrow, and you come back and you make this data say that our children are safe, they're supported, and they're on the path to success. If you can do that with this data right here, then I will not come and bother you again. And nobody's been able to do that yet.
0: Yeah, of course not.
1: And so sometimes you have to challenge it, because that is usually just a dismissive way of, of not dealing with the problem. And, you know, I always say we have to go with the bad, the best available data. Whatever it is, it's the best we have. So if we actually act on it, we can generate new data that we can act on, which will be better. And then, so, so that's how we improve. But, but most of us in this conversation, they stop us there and then go, oh, yeah, well, you know, and we, we walk away. And I, I, that's, not, that's not serving our young people.
0: No, it is not, and it hasn't been serving them for a long time. You know what's frightening about it when you when you present this kind of data to educators. Okay, the frustration level goes so high because what can mm-hmm. they do? I mean, what what can they yeah. do? They're not getting the support they need. Okay, and yeah. I, I know these the kids aren't stupid. That's for damn sure. Okay, they just don't have the opportunities. All right, and that's right. It's it's just ridiculous. And all of this goes into the situation that we're in today with the teacher retention problem. Most te- a lot of teachers, at least 50 percent of them are thinking of leaving the profession. OK, there's no right. teacher pipeline. And the reason for that is this is part and parcel. I saw a thing on the PBS NewsHour last night where schools, I, th- I think it was just in California, but I'm not sure, uh, are, all have Narcan, the uh, anti-fentanyl drug. They now yeah. have Narcan with the school nurse. It used to be she was worried if she gave you an aspirin, okay? And, mm-hmm. and, now, and now we got Narcan because the kids are ODing on fentanyl, OD. okay, the opioid. Yeah. yeah, you know, and it's it, – when you think about what a teacher, what an educator has to go through, and it all, it all comes down, especially in, in particular areas of the country, with, with social justice, okay? We are accepting mm-hmm. of stuff that just doesn't work. It doesn't work how many more years do we have to say it doesn't work we just, just got to get through this. so so when you, when you when you when we talk to teachers well what's their reaction about this forget the legislators when you when you talk yeah. to the ESAs, you're talking to educators okay what, the, what do they
1: say when you talk about all this well you know they they're actually it's been it's been interesting so one of the, the first reactions right because The the last part of the data is I always come back because I don't want to leave them saying, oh, well, school fails and then kids get screwed up really bad. The the, the last piece of the data says that, you know, a 5% increase in male graduation rates nets us billions of dollars in crime-related cost reductions. It reduces major crime categories across the board, across the nation. And so, really, educators are the antidote to this, right? And so I I hit that home. And one of the things – that, that sense of affirmation that you really are the most powerful, most present, and most necessary part of our, of our engagement for young people is, is something that they need to hear and I think been excited to hear. I actually had a teacher. I was working with one of the, um, the intermediate units in Pennsylvania. And yeah. afterwards, one of the gentlemen came up and he said, you know, I have my resignation letter on my computer I just came here because this was the last, the last free, you know, conference, you know, professional development that they were giving. So I was going to take it, and then I was out of here. But I'm going back to my room, and I'm deleting that oh, wow. because you believe that I've got some more to give, and we're not done yet. And that, we just kind of sat there looking at each other, trying not to mess up. There's two big guys, but um, <laughs> but that's the kind of because there's this validation that comes, not just saying yeah. schools are fair. But, but you have all the no. tools, and you're the very best we have. But we have to figure out the right argument to make sure everybody sees the amazing things you do. And that's a call to action we're starting to, to lean into.
0: Oh, without, without question, I couldn't, agree. I couldn't agree with you more. And but I'll tell you, tell that little anecdote story, you're going to heaven, Hassan. Okay, that's a good one. <laughs> okay, you save that guy. i got to tell you, and save probably a great teacher from leaving. And, you know, but unfortunately, you can't be with every teacher who's got their resignation right. letter on the, on the computer. All right. And it, it's right. really important. I'm going to say again, anybody listening to Hassan Davis, uh, com H-A-S-A-N. And by the way, Hassan, if you, uh, I'm gonna, I offer this to you all the time, you're welcome to write for us. Okay. In our equity and access okay. journal. We would love that regular stuff from you. I just want to make that point. Thank you. All right. Yeah. That way, you know, that not only are you writing for us and we're getting a lot out of it, but it, gets, it gets, gets you even more so out into the world of education. More people will learn about you. So I'd love you to do that and just write about all Agreed. this stuff, kind of stuff that are always looking for. Okay. I want to talk to you. Let's, talk, let's change the subject a little bit. Okay. I, I, I didn't know you could draw. I'm going to figure this one out with you. We have a picture book called The Race. Yes. Okay. And it's about <laughs> inclusion belonging and opportunity okay and just to, right. what what grade is it for who drew the pictures what's going on here tell us about it
1: you know the the artist the the illustrator uh we we, we commissioned the illustrator i think he's from thailand or singapore oh wow uh, and and, and wow. so just kind of for you know someone to to, to take the vision and, and put it down and, and and my my publisher actually found them and uh, he's a professor, cool. but and 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 the images are so amazing. Uh, so so the the race itself started as as a poem. I'm I'm a I'm a poet. I grew up I in a family that. of poets, and um and actually earlier this year I published my first book of poetry. And this is this poem I've been using for about the last two years um, to intro in some of my my keynote addresses. Uh, and people were like, well, that's interesting. And then, I, you know, I found some images online to kind of put with it. And then someone said, you know, you should really illustrate this. And um, since, you know, in the middle of COVID, there was, I was at home a lot. I was really considering. And and, and my publisher was like, you know, let's let's see if we can find something. And and this, uh, we found the artist and we started to put it. in so this is an epic, we call it an epic, an epic picture poem, picture book poem. And it, it is the story of, it, in some ways it's my story. And uh, that's where I started my own experience of, you know, being locked in the cold room in kindergarten and told this is yeah. where you belong because you're broken and, and useless and stupid. Um, the experience of so many young people who are being told this is the best you'll ever get. So be happy that yeah. we gave you this. Um, and so it's, wow. kind of a, it's got a Dr. Seuss kind of rhythm to it, but it's about this young man who's, you know, in this Contains classroom space. Been told, be happy you're here. Fit the round pegs in the square holes. Life is good for you. But he finds a note in his pocket from his mom, saying, "You know, you're amazing. I can't make you believe that, but once you do, the world's going to open up for you. So don't forget that, and keep looking for your escape path. Uh, and then, you know, the a window. He sees a window open. And he didn't even know it was in the room. And and here's the 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 the, the crowd from a, a race or some kind of event outside. And and he makes a run for it. And he goes out and tries to be a part of all of that. And the people that are saying, you don't belong here. You've never practiced. You've never, yeah. you've never done this. So you're a place. But he, he gets a, a taste of it before he gets pulled back to his room. But at the end, you know, when he's about to say, well, I guess it's good they rescued me and brought me back here where I'm safe from myself and the world. Uh, but he remembers all the excitement out there and says, no, I think I'm going to get out of here again and, and start actively plan. To, to get out, um, and and so uh, and his last note to the teachers is, you know, I'm going to find my next race as he escapes again, uh, wow. and so it's just uh it's been well, it's so well received um, by the education uh, associations. It's been teachers have mm-hmm. loved it. Uh, a lot of a lot of the folks have started like purchasing them ahead of time and giving them as nice. gifts or using them as nice. giveaways. Uh, but I have just been really pleased because you know, the story for me is so powerful. But the visuals, um, you know, and, 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 the, and the reception of it have been been really incredible. So so I'm, I'm just excited to have it out there and to have it. It's one of those things I've heard a few people say, you know, well, I'm going to give this I know a young man or a young woman who's been struggling. And I'm going to give it to them as a, you know, kind of way to, to say, I, I know you're struggling, but don't stop, you know, and uh, and so it, yeah, it's yeah, I'm gonna take a deep breath. I get excited, my friend. <laughs> That's good, correct? It's,
0: right. it's great.
1: It, it has been exciting to see the 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 folks accepted and, and appreciated. You know, I've been doing a lot of work with parent partnership groups too. Um, yeah. Across the country, other you know, big group, you know, who are uh, really supporting, you know, families navigating uh, disability systems, and in that same in that same vein, has been that. Uh, that real connection because we know these stories. You know, the people that work in these environments know these stories and see these spaces and understand how important it is and powerful it is when we, when we have a young person that finally says, no matter what all these differences is, I'm still going out there and I'm going to give it my best.
0: It's it, it's so darn important what you're doing, and you know I got to say something. We have those statistics before, and those are important. But sometimes I believe the uh, the anecdotal stories, okay, are the are the, are the key to this, mm-hmm. okay, because they hit home, you know. And just yeah. uh, when you do the storytelling, okay, not that what, you know what I mean. It's, it's story. so I do. People I do. people dig into it, etc. I can tell you a story. Speaking of stories, okay, uh, my wife's grandmother. Now, this would be a woman who would probably be about 130 right now, okay? Mm-hmm. Went to school in – she's long gone, obviously, but she, she went to school back when in Darien, Connecticut. And she's she always told this story. In an elementary school, there was exactly one black child, okay? And the kids mm-hmm. didn't really make a big deal out of that, okay? It was just another kid in the class. And right. one day, one day the teacher – this is back in elementary school, okay, said to each kid, go around the room. She said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the little black child stood up, a young woman, a little woman, a little girl, and she said, I want to be a doctor. And the teacher said to her, my my, my grandmother-in-law never forgot this. Oh, honey, look at you. You could never be a doctor. She
1: actually
0: said that. She actually said that. Okay, then i are talking about the year nineteen twenty, maybe. Okay, you know, mm-hmm. no, earlier nineteen ten, probably. Earlier, yeah. Okay, not yeah. much of an excuse, but you get my point. Okay, but it's it, my grandmother-in-law remembered that story. Okay, all yeah. her life, and she remembers the impact of that on that little girl. God only knows what only happened to her, because she's long gone too. Okay, but. Mm-hmm. We have to be really aware of this stuff, and we we are getting there more and more, all the time. But boy, the the stories are just just incredible. And you know, getting back to the statistics, I mean, the statistics give the beginning. <laughs> the two hundred grand a year we're spending on prison, we could we could uh, they could live a pretty good life for that two hundred grand a year. I got to tell you, I don't know what's going on. Oh, yeah, man. It's, yeah, it sounds good yeah. in the political ads. What can I tell you, Hassan? Okay, sounds a tough on crime, you know. Jeez. Yeah
1: it, it 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 does but it absolutely is the is it is it is the opposite of what 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 it provides for us provides, provides obviously that. it provides nothing it's nothing obviously. at all I, you have to just look around I actually, actually joked to to the secretary of of, of the public safety off my my boss when I was commissioner I said you know if you all just gave me permission to give every kid that we have in the system twenty five thousand dollar check and then say if you're not arrested again by the end of the year i'll give you another twenty five thousand dollar check we'd be done yeah, and I guarantee you we yes. have the cost right and, and and those young people would figure out things to do they may they get into micro enterprise even if they 're just playing their playstation they would they would do everything in their power not to be dealing with us in a year and so that, that wow. they, the statistic the data is that the most powerful determinant of a young person's station of juvenile criminal behavior is actually getting to the age of 21 without having been caught up in the system because uh. the amygdala and the, you know, the, the, the amygdala deforms in the brain, the, 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 all of the frontal lobe develops and they go, Oh, that's not cool. And they walk <laughs> away, but we get caught up and it's stuck. Yeah. And they never leave. Uh. Right. And so the less the less we touch them in that way, the less we connect them there, and the more we keep them engaged in social emotional connection, creative engagement, opportunities to explore and expand their sense of who they are in the world and what they could be, the more likely they are as they get older, even if they're a pain in our butt and they're doing little things now. If we can stay away from just being that caustic, you know, you know, final finality of, of the system, most of I mean, it, the data is there, the, the brain science is there but again it doesn't it doesn't you know it doesn't sell votes to get people you know excited about help working with kids or you have to make them afraid uh for their lives and tell them that i'm the only one that can save you even though it's a complete crock
0: It sure is you know i was thinking as you were talking we always say we're going to throw money at the problem okay yes like you were saying to $25,000 and you were saying i'm thinking we always say we're going to throw money at the problem i said maybe we got to start throwing money at the solution you know, it that might be, be a better way would, to do the, it. Yeah. But when you start talking
1: like that, they say that welfare. They say <laughs> that it's a handout. <laughs> yeah. Which is odd, right? Because we're willing to spend $200,000 to exactly. lock you up. Exactly. But we're not willing to spend $50,000 to keep you from being locked up and to give <sighs> you a, a balance. And so, you know, I'm not going to get into, you know, being a liberal or being, you know, because every time I start talking, people are like, you know, are you wearing Birkenstocks? Do you have like <laughs> priestlers? <in-?" laughs> Trees. And I'm like, this is I know him.
0: Science. He doesn't wear Birkenstocks.
1: He doesn't. You don't wear Birkenstocks. Right. and this funny. is this is real science, and this is the real truth of it. But it's been yeah, it it's been overshadowed <laughs> by the opinion that this is a liberal idea or a uh, or some kind of fantasy idea that nobody can see it for what it is an absolute opportunity that we're missing.
0: Right. Okay. It's funny. I was talking to a group actually down in Kentucky when you guys had the floods earlier this year, remember? Those horrible floods. Mm -hmm. And they they wanted to try, I'm just anecdotally telling this, a few of the school districts, okay, really wanted to uh, add more SEL to help the kids be resilient as those those schools were closed for a long time, etc. And because SEL Mm -hmm. became, that phrase became politicized for a while. Okay. Yes. Uh, the, the, the 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 more conservative areas didn't want to do it. And as I was talking to them, because they were very frustrated, I said, well, why don't you just call, just take the same thing. Just call it flood relief training. Okay. There you go. Front there re- you flood go. resiliency. Oh, yeah. Now there's a good idea. Let's teach I do the same exact thing. Okay. It's just, yep. Uh, exactly right. What can I tell you? It's just nuts. Hassan, this is great. I'm going to get back to you today. We want you to do more writing for us if you want to. We would love that. I would love. To it. Thank you. Get get your name yeah. out there more and more and more. We love having you on the show. So tell Dream, I'll don't let him write me. I really uh, I want to find out what's going on. Okay, and you too. We'll get okay, you back on. All
1: right, that sounds great, my friend.
0: Thanks, Tassin. Have a
1: good day, good week, happy uh,
0: happy happy Christmas time, happy Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah, and happy New Year. There you go. All
1: right. Thanks, thanks a thanks, lot, buddy. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. Everybody, that's Hassan
0: Davis, and he's a good man, Hassan Davis, H-A-S-A-N, HassanDavis.com. Good guy, okay? And fun guy to hang out with, too. I know that for a fact. Okay, we're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org. Please see all we do over there. What he's talking about is important. It affects you guys every day in the field of education. So we want you to be happy. We want everything to work. We want it to be better that's what we're trying to do. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm Larry Jacobs. Have a great day.